Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Mental Illness, Mental Brilliance. I am T. Erica, your host, and I'm exploring all the ways that your mental health issues might be a clue that you are actually mentally brilliant. I'm so excited today because I have a very special guest by the name of Justin Peck. Justin Peck is a race car driver, among so many other things. He's also an author, a father, and he's managed to create a successful life for himself. Hey, Justin, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm awesome. Thank you so much for asking. I'm really interested in your story because to me, when I um, heard about you and your book, and I thought to myself, he's a race car driver? Like, that's one of those careers that's up there with, like, an astronaut. Hey, son, what do you want to be? A race car driver. Sure, son. But you actually managed to make this happen. Can you talk a little bit about your journey to becoming a race car driver? When did you first decide that's something you wanted to do? And what was the step that you took to make it actually happen? Well, I've been driving for a long time. I think I've been racing. This is my 27th year. Oh. when I was growing up, we were, you know, fairly poor. We didn't have much money. But the one thing that we did always have um, is my dad made sure that we always had dirt bikes. <laughs> and so as I was growing up, it was, you know, we could we'd go to the mountains or the canyons or the sand dunes or whatever and just, you know, ride. And as I got older uh, and became a man myself, uh, you know, I bought my first dirt bike and... I really have this knack or want or need or desire for a competition. And so I entered my first race way back when, and it's, that was kind of all she wrote. And it's, um, it took the, the first race and yeah, I'm, I'm hooked. I'll be hooked forever. That's right. So we find that most people who have mental health issues are super laser focused on some type of, obsession and so it seems that you had an obsession with competition and racing and you managed to parlay it into an actual career what was it like the first time you earned income or your obsession or your desire i i mean it was good i uh racing is one of those interesting sports that um it's it's pretty hard to make a like a physical living from it so um, but when you, you know, when you can race and you drive your butt off and when you're the first guy across the, the finish line, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cool feeling. Um, it, it definitely beats the money. So to mm. know that you were the, to know, to know that you were the, the baddest guy out there is just, it's the best feeling ever. Well, I can imagine that it would be so. Winning is always a beautiful thing, especially if it's something that you've been passionate about since passionate about since you were a child. Yes. So, let's talk a little bit about your mental health issues. How does talk about you are have been diagnosed with bipolar disorder? Yes, class 1 bipolar. Okay, can you paint a picture for people who don't have much experience with this, this disorder, how it impacts your life? Oh, geez. Um, how does it impact my life? Well, uh, bipolar disorder is probably the most miserable, incredible thing to have. Wow. Uh, I, 
I, I explain it to people of is it's is it's one of those it's one of those disorders, it's one of those those things that you know that we're blessed with um, that is can be the most brutal gut wrenching thing you know of of your life. But on the flip side of that, you can have the best moments of your life as well. And so trying to explain it to people is, is it can be pretty rough sometimes because the, mostly the terminology that I would use, um, they don't quite understand, but, um, I guess at the end of the day, it's, you know, I look at it as a blessing. I don't look at it as it, as, as a disorder. And I'm actually, you know, if I, I, I tell my kids this all the time. If you're ever going to have anything, have a mental disorder because then that way there's a bunch of things that can happen. I mean, if, you know, if it's schizophrenia, you get to meet people, new people every day. You know, it's bipolar stuff. It's, you know, you can be goofy and, you know, blame your goofiness on, on the disorder. And so, um, there's just, uh, for me, I have fun with it, uh, because why not? I don't have a choice. Um, there's there's no cure for you know for uh, the mental disorders, and so I might as well make fun of it and laugh about it. And then if I can have other people laugh about it with me, then all the better. I totally agree. I think that's a great way to look at it, and that is precisely the aim of what I'm trying to demonstrate and teach here at Mental Illness, Mental Brilliance. But can you describe? what bipolar is to you is it emotional is it physical how does it feel when you when you recognize i'm having a, a instance of bipolar right now yeah it's um it's a little bit of everything i suppose so you're gonna have so in the in the manic phase um, of things i mean life is amazing uh, you know, I'm I'm very productive. I'm very motivated. I'm very hard to handle <laughs> with the with the people that are around me uh, because I'm I'm going nonstop. I don't uh, my head's always spinning with new ideas and new creations and new just new. And so when I have people around me and you know we have company meetings or we go over race meetings or or try to be organized or, you know, things like that. I'm all over the place. It's, you know, I I get distracted by shiny things really easy. So, (laughs) so, but then on the other side is the depressive side and that can be rough. You know, it's, um, there's, there's physical pain, um, emotional pain, um, mental pain. There's a, there's a lot of, it's just a very uncomfortable and unpleasant situation to be in. But having it and dealing with it for as long as I have, uh, I just, I understand the triggers and I understand the things that, that bring it on. And I also understand when I've reached that point where there's kind of no going back. And so I just have to kind of buckle down and, and just deal with it because I, I do know that the, the typical really, really hard parts of the disorder, the, the really super low depressive states, they don't last forever. And because I know that, because I believe that, um, at least it, it puts in my mind that 
there's uh, always something positive and, and good to look forward to. Wow. So even while you're in your depressive states, you can mentally hone in on the fact that this won't last forever? Well, I don't. Like, I have to try, right? I mean, that's just ultimately it comes down to past experience. That's what past experience has taught me is that if I just, you know, if I have to stay in my bed and not leave my house for three weeks, so be it. That's fine. That's just, that's what my body, that's what my, my mental state needs. Then, then that's what I'll do. Now I don't, um, you know, that, that those type of things don't happen as often as they used to, but I'm also well aware of the trigger points of the, of, of the disorder. And so if I'm with me being aware of those trigger points, I know, um, when, and at what time I'm going to you know, jump into whatever phase I'm, I'm going to jump into. So you don't take any medication to manage it. What are some of the ways that you try to, to beat it? Have you ever thought, oh, I can cure this or I need to get over this and stop being like this? Um, you know what? No, actually, I haven't. I, I have the mental disorder and the things that um that i deal with so like you know bipolar um, and then like the the people who have you know other uh, parts of it you know the the schizophrenia the ptsd you know those type of things you can get to the point where you can control it but i don't think that you can necessarily beat it um the bipolar side of things um it's it it's kind of an interesting thing because um one of the analogies that I explain to people is it's like your fingernails. You can't feel your fingernails growing, but you know that they do. Um, you can't feel that you have bipolar disorder, but you know that you have it. And so because I know that I have it, it's a, I really watch what I do. I, I know my triggers. I know the things that, um, that I need to tell people, you know, the, the warning signs, I suppose. Um, and then I have a pretty good tribe around me, a pretty good group of people around me that, uh, when they see that I start acting a little goofy, then they kind of put me in check. And have you ever met someone else with bipolar disorder? Oh yeah. I meet them every day. It's, I mean, one in five Americans. So, so you think about it, if you go to the grocery store, and, you know, there's 50 people that, you know, you may or may not say hi to, but they're, it's, it's one in five people. So, you know, when I, when I go speak, um, in front of, you know, crowds and, and when I on stage and when I'm, you know, at the racetrack and, you know, those type of things, there's always people that come up always. And, you know, that whether they've read, you know, blogs or the book or have, a friend that you know has has referred them to me um there are people all the time that come up and you know they there's a few questions that they always ask is you know the first one is you know what what medication do you take which is one of the things i don't talk about so um but yeah it's it's more out there than what people think i mean statistically it says one in five but those are the people that are actually diagnosed. What about the people that aren't? So I, uh, 
I've always looked at it as the mental health epidemic that is really starting to kind of poke its head around um, is it affects 100% of Americans. It affects everybody because it's not only do either do you have that the disorder or you know someone who does. So I literally have not met one person that was completely clueless on the mental health side of things. They either had it or they had a parent or an uncle or an aunt or someone else in their family or a friend that they knew that, that suffered from, from some type of mental illness as well. I mean, 20 years ago, I, I don't even think the word bipolar was even in the dictionary. It wasn't even a word. But as time goes on, as things change, as technology gets better and bigger and badder, and it's, it's just, I don't know, maybe it's a coincidence to me that the more tech technologically advanced that we get the sicker it seems that people are getting so so refreshing to hear someone actually take the problem away from the individual and from it being intrinsic to the individual and relaying it to our society's influence on us i i happily absolutely agree with that absolutely agree that society has an influence on our mental health and I do agree that um, the majority of people are dealing with mental health issues or quote unquote, but they can't put a name to it or they know how to hide it very well. Yeah. Well, and and please, like, don't think that uh, that I'm um, that I'm taking the responsibility from the people who actually have the disorder and giving anybody an excuse to play a victim. Right. Like, so, so like for me, I could play a victim all day long and say, yeah, you know what? Because of XYZ fast food company, I have bipolar disorder and my life's miserable and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not that guy. And I'm not, and I'm not saying that, that anybody should do that. Um, what I am saying is that, that when people ask me, how do you cure this? Um, do I believe that it is some genetic, you know, part of it? Absolutely. You know, not only am I, not only have I dealt with it myself from an early, early, early age, um, but I'm also, uh, my children have it. Um, two out of my um, four children have bipolar disorder. And so is it, did it come from me and genetics? Possible. But then you look at it as how did I get it? Did I get it from one of my parents? My, neither one of my parents were ever diagnosed. And so it's it's just kind of one of those things where, you know, your brain gets wired a little goofy when you're born. and Or it could be from just so many other things. It's I feel that if we just try our best to live a good, healthy lifestyle, try to become a good person, um, be better than you were yesterday, then the disorder will just take care of itself. Do you see an impact on your work life because of this? Has this stalled any of your dreams or your your goals for yourself? No, it hasn't stalled anything. I'm, in fact, I'm more motivated and more more driven to to conquer the world now than I was even you know, a couple months ago. So I just, I know 
what it felt like for me to have the disorder, have the things that run through my brain that I wanted to tell people, I wanted to explain to my friends. And when I tried to explain a little bit of what was going on, they had no clue. They were clueless. So, you know, I was kind of ostracized a little bit because it was, I was just being weird and they didn't understand it. And of course I didn't understand it. And so, you know, as, as time has gone on, I've, I've kind of acclimated to, it's not a defining thing of who I am. I don't define myself as a person with, with a mental illness, but I also look at it as it's something that has made me exactly who I am today. Could I, t- what, what I want to take it back? Never. I, I would be the exact same person today if I had to do it all over again. Mm. So you've written a book called Bulletproof. It's a memoir of your life and your struggles or your ascension as a result of your mental health issues. Can you tell us a little bit more about why this book is important? Uh, so the book, um, it was actually kind of a, an interesting way of how, how it turned out. So, um, so my youngest brother, um, at the age of 21, well, two weeks before his 21st birthday, um, he overdosed on heroin and it killed him. And so after Colby passed away, I, you know, I was, I was talking to my grandmother, um, about a, a few things, you know, a couple of days after that. And she just had made mention to me. She, she said, look, I would implore you to every day kind of do have a, have a journal or, or at least write stories down of your life and kind of what you think and what's going on in this particular time, because children, they never really look at their parents in an adult way until they're an adult. And so I started writing things down and I'd have a story here and a story there. And so I started kind of typing things out. Well, 10 years later, I have this thing that's 270 pages and 120,000 words. And I'm like, wow, okay, well, here it is. Here's, here's something. And so I handed it off to uh, an editor um, to just kind of clean it up a little bit. And the whole purpose, the whole entire purpose was to get the book, print it, and print maybe 10 or 15 copies of it, and then just give it to my kids for Christmas. And when I sent it to the editor, the editor said that it was very impactful for her because her father had had class two bipolar disorder. And then uh, she sent it off to another person. And then that person had um, like a spouse that had had the disorder as well. And then, so what I noticed is anytime that anybody would read it, it would be either they knew someone or them themselves could relate to the story. And so I would get emails and I would be able to talk and communicate and, you know, do my part in, in helping the world be a better place. And so as time went on, I kind of got talked into just saying, Hey, you know what, put it out there for everybody. 
and see what happens. See if you can change the world. And that's kind of what I, that's what I've been doing. At the end of the day, it's just getting the voice out there. It's, it's bringing attention to what the disorder actually is and getting rid of the stigma because it's not a bad thing. I mean, we're no different than anybody else. What about those people who feel that it's disrupting their lives? Do you have any advice for them or insight on how they can transition from it being a disruption to being an actual motivator? No. I mean, I, it's all kind of based on circumstance and, and situation, I suppose. Um, to tell someone who is in a depressive state, I need you to be motivated and go start a company or become better. When you tell someone in a depressive state those words, it means absolutely nothing to them. In fact, you're like you're bothering them, you're irritating them because they don't they don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear just get out of bed. It, the sun's shining. The sun's going to make you feel better. Um, it, all the little euphemisms that we hear all the time, like we don't want to hear those. It's like trying to tell someone who has cancer that is, you know, weeks from dying, you know, walking in the room saying, you know what, you're okay. Just put a smile on your face. Let's come outside and be happy and it will all be better. It doesn't work like that. And so, uh, but what does happen is when you're in the manic or when you're in that transition from depressive to manic, and that's kind of where a lot of our common sense and our balance comes into play. And so... If you know what that feels like, then you know when your mind and when your body and your soul or however you want to want to look at it, that's basically when you're ready to really start pushing and, and having that motivation. At the end of the day, it's you're going to have to understand your own version of the disorder. And once you have that version of the disorder kind of dialed in, then you know your trigger points, you know when you're going to feel good, you know when you're going to feel bad. And that's basically how, in my opinion, that's how you can control it. So knowing yourself, accepting this part of you, recognizing that it's a cycle, and understanding that even in the most depressive moments, that will end as well, and you will move on to another emotional state, is a great way to manage yourself yeah yeah i mean you nailed it it you man life just is hard and there's no reason to make it harder than it already is once you understand that having a, a mental disorder or having a mental problem once you understand that it is not a bad thing it is it is something that will help you grow as a person as soon as you understand that and realize that and stop demonizing the disorder and stop being a victim because of the disorder I promise your life is, will just become better you will be happier you'll have less down moments you'll you'll just you'll be a better person so where can we find your book so my book is at justinpet.com uh, you can buy it straight from the website and when we have some you know information some blogging and and those type of things on uh, on the site, and then you can also get it at uh, at Amazon as well on Amazon. 
It's called Bulletproof, everyone. Thank you so much, Justin, for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. You're listening to Mental Illness, Mental Brilliance. I am T. Erica. Visit mentalbrilliance.com and I'll talk to you soon.